Join us for this episode of Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi, everyone. I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 66, entitled Birds, a Cornucopia of Joy. <laughs> How apropos, John, a cornucopia, Thanksgiving We, we go month. there, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, love the title, uh, but what is a cornucopia? Let's get that out in the open. <laughs> well, you typically see it's like this basket that's kind of horn-shaped. And it's full of fruits and all kinds of good things. Well, what's that got to do with birds? Well, right. The We're not other term, with birds, are we? <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. I had to, you know. But the other, the other meaning is abundance. So, you know, the cornucopia. I, yeah, I can even say it. A cornucopia <laughs> of joy means an abundance of joy. We're tapping into the fact that it's fall and Thanksgiving and that type of thing. So, yes, birds bring an abundance of joy. I love that. And and I wonder if beyond birds, what brings people joy? What what brings our listeners joy? You know, how do you refresh? I, I love the autumn. It's a great time to, I love to refresh out in nature. How do other people do that? Mm. Uh, but also, how do you show thanks? So I, I love that, that cornucopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know who came up with that, but hey, we're on the track. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to run with it. So stick around, everyone, for the fun. Hey, Brian, now that we've got the cornucopia out of the way, uh, as always, you know, what's happening? What's one of you and I, again, we've both been on the road quite a bit. And, and uh, so I haven't had a chance to touch base a whole lot. I know you've had some fun things in your backyard and bird wise. So oh, yeah. What do you what are you, what are you seeing? Well, I have my typical fall, autumn uh, bird characters that are showing up, uh, my regulars. But super excited that I'm, I have a red-breasted nuthatch that has been here nice. for over a week and off and on i will either see it or hear it uh, and, and just love that little nasally call that they have and my ears just perk up uh really excited my wife and i were outside my wife picked up on that particular <laughs> call while we were doing some yard chores yeah and she's like hey hey what's that bird because <laughs> she recognized it's not the normal yeah. kind of cast of character it's, of it's, birds it's, in the yard. It's quicker. It's tenier. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very recognizable. Like you, my ears just perk up the second I hear one because they're so really identifiable. Right. Uh, I had one of those str- strange things as I was traveling. Uh, we were going to one of our new stores. Um, we were checking in on them because I'm part of a new store owner team. Mm-hmm. And... I was out taking a walk in the morning, uh, actually going to grab some coffee and a bird call started, you know, birds firing off. And I was like, my ears perked up immediately, had to get my, uh, my birding ear back on. Uh, but it was this strange note that a Northern Mockingbird call, uh, Northern Mockingbird does when it calls as its own call note. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. single, single call note versus, you know, because mm-hmm. Mockingbirds are known yeah. to, yeah repeat everyone else's yeah. calls yeah. and songs. That was really cool. I had not heard that. It's It's been months since I've heard that call note. It took me a moment, but my ear was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> what is that thing? 
Yeah. So what about yeah. your yard? You know, it's it's I, as I mentioned, I've been traveling a lot. Uh, my wife and I and some friends went to Cape May, which is a Ooh. first time trip for me. And you know, that's a that's a birder mecca, and it's exactly it a, a big remiss, you know, on, uh, on my birding career, if you will, having not been there. Um, but we we went to Cape May and just had an awesome trip. And on the way back, we stopped at Hawk Mountain and and uh, did the the Hawk Watch at Hawk Mountain. So cool. I really truly you know phenomenal trip and just a, a beautiful weather you know fall colors just awesome get home beautiful colors here you know my birds are you know i'm kind of down to my regular winter group now i don't have all my winter migrants i don't have my juncos yet or i was gonna uh, ask <laughs> I, I don't have a red-breasted nuthatch yet but uh It'll come. They'll all come. But I did have a Swainson's thrush two days ago, which, yeah, that's getting Ooh, pretty late. Two days ago. Yeah. For them. Yeah, yeah. It's a little late. Yeah. So that was kind of a, and literally, literally right outside the window. And my wife and I are sitting in the, in the family room and I glanced up outside the window and boom, there it is on our, our fence. It was standing on top of the fence. So that was, that nice. was very cool. But I tried to make sure that I had seat cylinders out, uh, you know, suet mm-hmm. cylinders out. Uh, lots the, of the long-lasting foods, so yeah, that your st- birds stay happy stuff. and stay there, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, so that I wouldn't uh, disappoint my birds while I was gone, and and uh, you know most of it was gone, but there were a few things still left, and still the birds were coming. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm excited to be home now for a while and really watch what's going on in my own backyard. Excellent. Well, I'll tell you, keep watching. Um, I need to make a note for everybody because we talked a little bit about the finch forecast. Yeah, and you know, the the northern boreal birds, especially the the finch families. I'm hearing about red-breasted nuthatches all the way to Texas. I'm yeah. hearing about purple finches already on the move and in force uh, throughout uh, the, the lower 48, and especially in the lower level of the provinces in Canada. So uh-huh. keep an eye out on your feeders because especially those two birds are feeder birds. Yeah, And we've got other birds. They're on the move. So yeah. keep an eye out, everybody. topic today is that cornucopia of joy you know and, and uh, mm-hmm. how birds bring us joy and i think we just kind of described you know one of the one of the big things in excitement is is seeing new birds and and right. the seasonal changes of the birds at our feeders i mean that that's always a, a level of excitement and i i know brian you know we talk about it many times but you know coming out of the pandemic uh for the most part at this point uh, you know, back in the throes, it's hard to imagine. My gosh, we were mm-hmm. we were locked down in our homes for months on end, and it's amazing how many people discovered, you know, the hobby of backyard bird feeding. And so oh, many yeah. comments that you and I have heard from people about the fact that you know, the, just the just the 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 peace and the joy and the and the serenity and the the, the excitement of watching the birds in their backyards while they were stuck at home did so much for their oh yeah their mental health to be quite honest it, it yes. was a remarkable thing to see I, I know I know it did for me <laughs> the, <laughs> the benefits and I was already feeding the birds uh, but yeah it's that you know you you talked about before that the question we'll be asking for decades what yeah. did you do during the during pandemic, the pandemic. <laughs> and yeah a lot of people started feeding the birds and a lot of people who were feeding got a little deeper so yeah, yeah that that cornucopia of joy that abundance of joy 
man, birds were really able to be that for so many of us, yeah. which was amazing. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I, I, you and I watch birds, we feed birds, you know, it's, it's a big part of our lives and, and mm-hmm. yet it's still delivered even though it was yeah. part of our day-to-day lifestyle <laughs> anyway. It wasn't new. It wasn't different, but it really delivered. I think for me, one of the things was, you know, being at home, watching, you know, setting up my workstation right here to, you know, looking over my feeders in my backyard through a, a you know, three by five picture window. Uh, I, I really got in depth, you know, I, I just, mm-hmm. I really felt you know, what was and saw and, and, and a, appreciated what was going on and the changes, you know, talk about the excitement mm-hmm. of getting some winter finches or getting a first red-breasted right. nuthatch or in the spring, getting the first spring migrants, the warblers, the thrushes coming through. I don't know that I've ever had, because I don't know that I've ever taken the time to sit here and really truly immerse myself in what was going on in my backyard the way I did during the, the, the throes, the deepest throes of the pandemic. It, it, you know, it really, truly made the pandemic bearable for my wife and I, without question. Oh, I, I love hearing that. And to think about it just took you to that deeper level. Yeah. Uh, and that you, you hear so much about in the news and you pay attention and you, you see in a lot of folks' lives about how mental health, it is becoming so much more of a prominent topic. And you think about mental health uh, and here... We talk every two weeks about <laughs> the benefits of nature yeah. and birds for yeah. mental health, whether yeah. whether it's, you know, in your face or not. And today is kind of, why not, a little in your face about what birds and nature can do for your yeah. mental health. Yeah. I know it's really cool. We we uh, we dug in a little bit about what are some of those things out there? Are there studies? Are there uh, focuses? And and how do, how do we even know? I mean, because yeah. you and I know. Yeah, birds in nature helps our mental health. Yeah, you know, think of the, how do you quantify it? Yeah, the time of the year. I mean, right now, you know, this this is in many places Indian summer, if you will. You know, we we had a real cold snap there for a while. We're back into really warm temperatures for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's typically called the Indian summer. And look at the parks. You know, between. Friends of mine who still work in parks between Facebook connections, everything else, you know, people are talking about going to our state parks here in Indiana or traveling and going to other parks or going into local parks and how crowded they are. Even the national parks. Yeah. It's it's crazy how You have to have a reservation. (laughs) You have to have a reservation to get into our most popular parks like, you know, Rocky Mountain National or Yosemite or whatever it is. You have to get a a reservation in advance to to Mm -hmm. get into those parks now. You know, my wife just did that and she had she uh, took a ladies trip out west because her friend said, I really, really, really want to go to the mountains out west. Never been there. They went. They had to do reservations. Yeah. Um, And and I'm like, in some respects, that's really cool. Yeah. People want to get out in the nature that badly. Um, but you also, you, you talk about some of the studies that are out there. Um, you know, one of the studies, the American Psychiatric Institute that we found, they, they learned mm-hmm. that spending mm-hmm. time outside for just 10 minutes a day, you know, has proven to boost serotonin and dopamine levels. That's helping our mental Yo. health. <laughs> and you don't, you don't have to travel for it. 
Yeah. Hopefully you have a park, a little green space somewhere nearby that you could walk to, or maybe it's a short drive when you don't have to have a reservation. You don't have to pay. You can just go sit out in nature Yeah, and get the same kind of benefits. And I know some people, you know, I hear some, some, some grumbling, if you will, people about how crowded our parks have become in the last couple of mm -hmm. years. And, and, you know, I do encourage people that, yeah, one, that's, that's a good problem to have, to be quite honest. Um, hopefully our park managers and, and parks departments are doing their best to, you know, maintain the parks yes. with this extra heavy use, uh, cause it does take a lot of extra maintenance and, a lot of extra care on trail maintenance and facility maintenance and that type of thing. Um, but, you know, I always tell people, you know, yeah, it may be crowded in certain parts of that park, but I can almost guarantee you mm -hmm. if you spend a little time, you will find that little piece of heaven. You will find that little out-of-the-way spot that's not crowded, you know, not full of, you know, sounds and noises and music and things that you may not want to hear. Uh, you 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 can find those little little hidden gems in almost any park that you go to. Even a, a small little urban park can typically have a little little spot that you can sit down, and enjoy watching and listening and experiencing what's going on in nature. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know the other cool part. Uh, there was another bird watching study or I should say part of that same study, American Psychiatric Institute did, you know, seven out of 10 people yeah. feeding the birds once, you know, just spending the time once a week, making sure the birds have some food, <laughs> kind of like you were talking about, made sure they had food before I went on vacation so that yeah. I could still enjoy them the day I get home. Yeah. The 70%, you know, seven out of 10 people are experiencing a mental health change. Yeah. Just different emotions about happier or uh, things where they said they felt helpful or they were more relaxed or more at peace. Yeah. Those of us yeah. who've been feeding the birds for a while, yeah. we just intuitively know those things. But it's cool. Yeah, that we're, study, we're that study quantifying was, it. Yeah. That study was published, I believe, in 2019, too. So it really would be interesting to circle back you know, now oh, yeah. and, and see what those numbers did during the pandemic, see if they changed. And actually I would speculate mm -hmm. my hypothesis <laughs> would be that they went up. Uh, but it would be interesting to go back and do that research again. Yeah. You mentioned that. I know, know another survey that was done. Um, you know, the, the, the labels, uh, the emotional benefits that people apply to backyard bird feeding and bird watching Yes. You know, when everything from, you know, happy and made them feel happy, it, it made them relax. It was peaceful. It mm -hmm. was calm. And these are the labels people put on their experience, you know, their emotional experience. They got excited, you know, excitement. And, and it was entertaining. You know, they, they got a kick out of watching what was going on. So, yeah, I, we're, we're probably, if, if people are listening to this podcast, Brian, we're, we're probably <laughs> beating a dead horse here because the vast majority of people listening to this podcast probably already know all these things and, and you know, know that experience and, and right. uh, benefits from, from watching. But, yeah, it's nice to know uh, that there's actually hard data, hard research yeah. that's starting to back all this up and say, you know, it's real. It's not just, you know, your imagination or it's not just one or two people. It's, it, it's real for people experiences. And I know it has a lot of 
implications in urban settings, you know, and especially yes. with kids, especially mm-hmm. with kids, they're finding out that there's a tremendous emotional benefit to interacting with nature, interacting with, you know, backyard birds and bird watching for urban kids that, that may be even greater because of their circumstances than, than right. a lot of other folks. It just excites me to see that there are institutes and organizations that are trying to study this. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I know you had um, a story that you had shared with me a little while ago. Uh, yeah, I that think, Dorothy story. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably the best example I can give as to how birding and bird watching and backyard bird feeding affect a person's emotional health. Mm-hmm. And the story goes back. My first full-time job was at a nature center in Evansville, Indiana. At the time, it was called Westman Park Nature Center, now called Westman Woods. And beautiful woods. It's a couple hundred acres, you know, some of the best virgin timber in the state of Indiana. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And, and I had been gone from there and, and you know, moved on to other jobs for, gosh, probably 15 or so years. And, you know, I just kind of felt the need to head back down there and, and visit a couple of friends that still lived in the area and, and you know, take a look at the nature center and walk the trails. And sure enough, I'm out walking on these trails that, and I noticed, you know, way down the trail, here's a couple of uh, ladies uh, heading my way. And as birders are wont to do, we we started chatting. What you seeing? You know, beautiful <laughs> yep, day, yep. Isn't it? you know, that type of thing. <laughs> and as we were chit-chatting... Um, yeah, you kind of, it's like, wow, she looks familiar. Do I know you? But she beat me to the punch. And actually, mm-hmm. she said, you're John Shouse, aren't you? <laughs> now, <laughs> I haven't been there for 15 years. I'm walking the trails and somebody, you know, I encounter knows me. So make a long story short, this is Dorothy. And Dorothy was, uh, you know, back in my days of, of working there, I did a beginning bird watching uh class, a series of classes. It was like five or six classes. And we went through all the different ways to experience backyard birds by bird feeding and then out in the field birding and that type and all the resources that were available at the time. And Dorothy had taken that class and she had remained interested in birding and bird watching and backyard bird feeding ever since and pursued those. You know, she wasn't she wasn't traveling to birds. She wasn't heading to South America or Central America, but you know, she'd sure. get out and bird every once in a while. And uh she went on to thank me for opening her eyes to this to this world and to that hobby because for the past year or so, her husband had had a very severe debilitating uh, illness and it was very intense for her to take care of him. She was, you know, basically homebound helping him, you know, uh, as he went through this. And she told me that birding is what got her through it because every week one day a week she'd have like her sister come over and and take care of her husband and she'd go out and go birding for a couple of hours and walk wow. the trails and bird watch and she said that was enough to give me the strength to refresh me enough to allow me to have that time that i needed and that joy from being out in nature to go back and go through another week of this very, you know, emotional and, and stressful time. I, Brian, I can't tell you, I was, I was mm-hmm. literally, I mean, talk about serendipity. I, you know, the chance of me meeting her again on that trail and hearing that story from her, I, I don't know of anything else that's ever touched me almost to that level in the sense of, 
you know, it really shows the power of being out in nature, the power that the joy of birds and the beauty of birds can bring to people to, to help them through emotionally trying times. So, yeah, I think that for me is probably the best story I, I have of what we're trying to get across to people today. And, and the fact that this whole, this whole mm. thing, this whole yeah. connection with birds and nature is very, very powerful. Yes. It's oh, not a, not a dry eye out there right now. Yeah, right? I yeah. mean, it is the, the depth of, of what we're talking about. It's that cornucopia, that abundance of respite, of joy, yeah. of, of peace that we just were like, man, we experience it. How do we get everyone else to do it too? Yeah. Yeah. But really amazing story. Yeah. So you're right. Exactly. This is the season of being thankful and you know, we got Thanksgiving coming up and, and you know, these birds are doing so much for us and, and there are things that we can do to make a difference for those birds. the first thing that comes to mind to me to enjoy birds in your backyard is setting up that native habitat planting at least one native plant in your yard every year and and trying to develop out having a place that has native plants has places for to raise young shelter i mean yes we're going into winter time so Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. not a lot of places are going to have birds raising families Maybe if you got Anna's hummingbirds around, they're getting ready yeah, to nest. Yeah. But having the right habitat allows them to to nest somewhere. But all the other birds, they need shelter. They need place to to hide and to roost. Uh, so having some habitat is definitely easy button. One thing at a time. Keep adding natives. Yeah, and I would. And I, the perfect time of the year. This is the time of year to plant those plants. Yeah. If I'm thinking of not not obviously not flowers and that type, of, I'm thinking shrubs because quite often when we talk about habitat, you want to have that mm-hmm. that cover and the nesting space and, and that type of thing, and often that equates to having a, a lot of shrubs in your yards, a lot of native shrubs that provide food, cover, nesting space, and right now is the best mm-hmm. time to be planting yes. uh, shrubs around your yard. So, you know, try to find some of the uh, native nurseries in your area. Uh, maybe do a little work, uh, you know, on figuring out what are the best ones for the landscaping. I know <laughs> I've, I've taken advantage of a few. I go to some of the, the native nurseries sometimes when they're having a springtime sale or whatever. And I yeah, I want one of those and I want one of those and I bring them home and I don't do my homework always, you know, especially in the past and plop, you know, a couple of, of different trees in, in, in really the wrong locations. <laughs> you know, they turn out to be much bigger than I thought they were going to be. And they're in front of my house blocking everything and, you know, that type of thing. So might might serve you well to do a little homework on the type of trees and shrubs and where to put them. Yeah. Uh, but this is the perfect time to be doing that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to throw a plug in there. Episode 63, Save Birds, Plant Trees. Check out the yeah. show notes for that because we've got resources to help you with that. Yeah. So definitely check into that. Also, easy. We're a backyard bird feeding company, right? Throw out <laughs> some foods for the birds. Yeah. But I mean, one of those I, I, I'll call out is having foods that the birds can be caching because a lot of our regular birds that are hanging out, they're going to cache foods into the winter. And we did a whole episode on that. Actually, episode 62, sharing survival strategies. Yeah. And our yeah. show notes have some great information for you in there. But I'll throw it out there. The best foods, seeds, have some with shells and some without shells. Yeah. 
Caching. <laughs> Caching. Yes. Yeah. And uh, another uh, thing. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say water. Got to have water, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's a little bit for drinking and bathing, but you know that I, I just got to tell you, I had a really busy day this last, this whole last weekend. And yesterday I sat down, had 15 minutes, just sat in my backyard and I was sitting near my little water feature, my little water Creek. And my red breasted nut hatch came in <laughs> and was like, I want to come down and drink. Are you going to, are you safe to, <laughs> to even get what here? With, what is it with you and red breasted nut hatches? You I just, always I get red breasted nut hatches and you always get them early. That's cool. <laughs> well, and it was even cooler because I'm sitting there by the Creek and that, that bird circles twice and almost lands on my knee, literally actually started <laughs> to break to, to perch and then decided better of it and landed, you know, three feet away from me. Yeah. And then hopped down to the Creek and grabbed a drink. Looked at me like, eh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very 15 cool. minutes out of two days to just sit and relax. And I, I'm still, I keep playing that, that visual over and over yeah. and over in my mind. Yeah. It was so nice. And they're so, so beautiful. Gosh, they're such a pretty little bird. Oh Man. yes. Not hard to play Definitely. that one over in your mind over and over again. <laughs> one other thing I want to mention too, and it's a, again, it depends on your yard, depends on your location. I'm kind of blessed that I've got a, a pretty good woods on the one side of my house and a, a kind of a neat little uh, stream habitat on the other side of my house. So I can do brush piles. I can do brush piles pretty easily. And, and it's yeah. not, gonna, it's not, not mm-hmm. like I live in suburbia and I put a big brush pile in the middle of my front yard. But, but brush piles, I, you know, Brian, you and I have actually, you know, been out here and, and done some things uh, with those brush piles and, and did some educational things with those brush piles. And, yes. and I can tell you, they are active places. I have one right outside mm-hmm. my family room window, not far from where that hermit thrush landed on the hermit, uh, Swainson thrush landed on the, uh, on the fence and I can look right into this brush pile. And my brush piles are going to grow quite a bit this year because <laughs> I had a big oak come down recently, <laughs> and I got a lot of limbs and branches that I have to be thrown on my brush piles. But it's a simple thing to do, and the birds and other critters will use it. And you can always just tuck it in the corner of a yard, and so yeah. you can always get away with doing it. But it's a huge benefit to the birds. Yeah. I think probably the one of the, the other things too: don't deadhead your plants if you have seed oh, yeah. head seed head plants right now. And you've not deadheaded them yet. Don't deadhead them. Let them be as they go into to fall and winter because you'll have birds that find them. And that is just part of that providing natural foods for the birds. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well, it looks like uh, we've spread as much joy as we possibly can. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and I hope it was a cornucopia of joy, John. I do. I do. Infectious, right? <laughs> All right. So, well, I yeah. think it's time to wrap it up. Well, let's do on behalf of everyone at Wild Birds Unlimited. I want to thank you for listening in today. So please rate and review us wherever you are listening. Yes, absolutely. Until our next visit, uh, when we're actually truly going to let nature be our guide as to what we're going to talk about, <laughs> because we don't have a topic yet, but we'll figure out something fun and exciting. I guarantee you that. We always do. But until then. Please take care, be safe, and keep those feeders clean. Thanks for joining us, everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, for show notes, or to find the Wild Birds Unlimited store near you, visit wbu.com podcast. And we really appreciate you telling your friends about Nature Centered. 
But until next time, we hope you find a moment every day to relax and enjoy the birds.